Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of The Brett Allen Show, the pop culture video and podcast. Uh, where we talk to your favorite actors from film, television, music, and comedy, and more. Really, anything pop culture related. Uh, thanks for watching and listening. Uh, brought to you by C-Suite Radio. I'm excited for this conversation, uh, just on many levels. But uh, we are chatting with uh, actor Catherine Mary Stewart. Um, if you are a, a child of the 80s and up, you will definitely know who we're talking to. Uh, but she has a brand new film out. Ask Me to Dance, which I had the opportunity to watch, and uh, it's a great movie. And we're going to talk about other things as well. Thank you so much uh, for hanging out today, Catherine. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. You actually saw Ask Me to Dance? So I was able to get a screener and watch just a little bit, like probably five to ten minutes oh, okay. of it. So, yeah. So I, I was able to watch a little bit of it. Um, and from what I can tell, this just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, let's talk about the project and sort of how it came about for you and, and your involvement with it. Right. Well, um, Tom Malloy, who wrote and directed it, is a friend of mine since, I don't know, 2009 or something, when he asked me to be in a movie of his called The Attic with Elizabeth yes. Moss. And um, he and I just got along really great. It was a great role, you know, uh, I, uh, John Savage played my husband, which was cool. Uh, Elizabeth Moss was the lead. I mean, it was, it was a really, and it was, it was kind of like a horror movie. Um, well, it was a horror movie uh, about a haunted house, basically, but a really interesting take on a haunted house. Um, so that was really cool. And that kind of established our friendship and relationship. And since then I've been in, three other movies of his he's he uh produces and directs and uh i did a movie called um love and dancing um with amy smart and um billy zane was in it it was another it was along the same line sort of uh west coast swing dance which is which tom Malloy is a big fan of he mm -hmm. he 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 does West Coast swings and he loves it. He's passionate about it. So this is his second um, kind of West Coast swing themed movie. Um, but this is the first one he's directed. And as he said, he, you know, with um, Love and Dancing, it was sort of a romantic comedy, but he felt like it was a dance movie with, some comedy and this is like a romantic comedy with dancing so yeah. he had he, he liked the fact that he had a lot more control over just the shooting and the outcome of this movie and I've seen a little bit of it and it looks it looks really fun it's a really sweet um you know, romantic com comedy about Jack and Jill. I, you know, it's so cute. Jack and Jill, who are both 
quite accomplished dancers. And, but this sort of subplot is, I mean, that's kind of the subplot is that they're dancers, but the plot is that both of these two are, they don't know each other. They never cross paths, but they're both sort of unlucky in love. And they both happen to run across this gypsy who predicts that they're going to meet the love of their life by New Year's Eve. And New Year's Eve is a few days away. So we follow the two characters uh, day to day, having these terrible dates and, and coincidentally, but unknown to them, they kind of pass each other without knowing it. And it goes on from there, but it's very sweet. And then of course he incorporates the dance in it. And, you know, my background is, well, when I started out in performing arts, I was a dancer. Um, so he said, you know, there'll be a little bit of West Coast swing dance um, uh, in this and you get to do some. I'm like, okay. Uh, so that was really fun. I mean, it's like you get there and you spend like five or 10 minutes learning this kind of technique that you've never done before. So I, I mean, hopefully it's edited so that it makes me look like I know what I'm doing. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the candidness yeah. and honest. I, that's a true pro right there. You know, when you're like, I really hope they make me look good. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Well, I'm sure it will turn out quite well. And it's got uh, Brianna Evigan in it as well. Yes, awesome. uh, just uh, a fantastic cast. And mm -hmm. I tell you, um, I mean, these types of stories are just so much fun to watch yeah. and to, to be a part of, because really I think, in the world of content and streaming and so much to consume these days, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and to be able to, to watch a film that's fun, that's lighthearted, that's really character and story driven. It's great. I mean, it just, I think that's what people want, you know? Uh, I mean, I love the superhero movies and the zombies and all of that, but it's nice to get a little bit of a break, I would imagine, especially as an actor. I think so. You know, I mean, I've, I've always been attracted to character-driven movies, for sure. And this, you know, the last few years, it's been kind of looking for art house movies, you know, from sure. foreign art house movies or whatever, definitely smaller movies. Because, yeah, you know, you see one of these superhero movies, I sort of feel like, you you're watching the same thing over and over again. So yeah, um, it's, it's not as interesting to me. Um, so yeah. And it's very light. It's character driven. It's very funny. And, you know, these dancers are, are terrific dancers. The, the choreographer, uh, Roy Royce, sorry, I'm saying his name wrong now. Um, uh, Robert Royston. Sorry. I was saying Roy Royston, Robert Royston, who's like, uh, champion um, West Coast swing dancer um, is the choreographer in this, and he's just fantastic. And so I think, you know, it's it's beautiful, and it's you can escape into this story and into this character and you uh, in the characters, and you come out feeling great. And and yeah. maybe it'll encourage people to take up West Coast swing. Who knows? But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a nice relief. I think so. Yeah, I mean it's I mean let's be honest, you know, you it is kind of the same formula a little bit I think. Uh but again, only knowing just an outside perspective of the industry and of course talking to folks like yourself, mm -hmm. 
I I don't. I, I'm assuming if it's a formula, we're going to ride the wave until we can't ride the wave anymore. I mean, to get a movie made anyway is very challenging. Uh, to make a good movie is even more challenging. Uh, but when you strike gold like you do with this and all the a lot of the other projects that you've been a part of, you. you know, it. I absolutely. It's just really kind of like, wow, this is great. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm really doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a performer, and that's. Yeah. The message that I get. Right. I, I mean, you know, it, looking back on all the things that I've done, um, I'm really proud of all of them. You know, there's nothing that I'm embarrassed about. And so many of the the movies that I did early, early on in my career have been revived. You know, uh, The Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, uh, Mischief, Weekend at Birdies even. I mean, these are movies that people, I, I feel like people are craving. They crave sort of these sweet, um, you know, kind of simple almost movies. But they, the the thing that makes them special is you can really relate to the characters, and it's yeah. so it, it's it feels like that's what's missing in a lot of the movies today. You're just sort of getting blown away by the special effects and all the action and blah blah blah. But there's not really a comprehensive storyline. There's no um, kind of character buildup. You don't, you don't sort of feel like you can relate to the characters or have empathy for them necessarily. It's just a bunch of people beating the crap out of bad guys. It's kind of like old fashioned cowboy movie, you know, like that sort of a theme, the cowboy movie, the bad guy and the good guy and, and the, how they battle it out. But um, it's, you know, of course, 2.0 <laughs> but I think yeah. people do crave those simple more just feel good movies yeah well you mentioned like some hits there just in that little <laughs> answer um, all of them I'm just thinking about in my mind and all I've watched rewatched recently uh, you know before we even set up a time to talk mm-hmm. but just kind of you know, looking for things to watch because I'm always watching content. In fact, I just did press for an NBC show before this and I had to watch a couple episodes. So I kind of like to cleanse the palate a little bit with just some fun movies. Um, It's interesting. You mentioned Weekend at Bernie's. I had forgotten about that. Um, Out of all that, I just, you know, I let's see, I'm 47. So I'm trying to think how old I would have been. I don't think I watched it when it came out necessarily, but probably later on when I was allowed to watch it. Right. Um, but, uh, but I did watch the last starfighter, I think probably concurrently when it came out, mm-hmm. cause that was a big hit. And it was those movies that you all mentioned were sort of all in this time capsule of, of theater where they were just making a lot of these kinds of movies. Right. Um, I'm very curious before we dig into individual projects again, you've just done so much. In fact, I remember not too long ago you popped up on an episode of the good doctor and I was like, Holy cow. You know, this is somebody that, uh, do you remember that? It's been a while, about a couple of years ago. Uh, no, it was, um, it wasn't the good doctor. It was, uh, Oh, new, new, new Amsterdam. New Am- new it was new Amsterdam. It was new, new Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Okay. That's right. Okay. That, sorry. Yeah. That was the last episode of the season because that was shot. My last, my last day on that show was March 13th, 2019. Okay. I, no, was it 20 when the whole pandemic 20. started? Yeah, and um, we it, it, they had to cut the shooting. I didn't even get to film all my my scenes because 
Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, because we were they, they everything was shutting down that day. So I'm just yeah, I grateful crazy. that I got to you know have that sort of last job before everything shut down. But that was bizarre. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew it was going to last? Yeah, that's did. a whole nother thing. I mean, just um, I was talking to somebody recently, and this show Inventing Anna on Netflix, right. and one of the cast members was telling me like when you watch this. I'm two different people in that show. Like there's pre-pandemic Anders and then there's post-pandemic. I've been drinking beer and wine all night, every night for a year straight. And now you want me to fly back and finish shooting this project. Uh, what? Funny. Yeah, it's crazy. So again, we'll get into some of these individual films because they're just so iconic. But what was it that interested you in becoming a storyteller? What was it that made you go, Catherine, I want to be, a performer because it's such a different kind of business than what most people might be familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have always kind of been a performer. Let me, let me put it that way. I, 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 as shy as I was growing up, I was always very animated and, um, I want to say borderline obnoxious, probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> like most kids, probably. Yeah. But my mother, I have to give credit to my mother I come from a very academic background. My dad is a professor. My mother was, she was, you know, she worked at a university uh, teaching uh, physiology. Um, my brothers were both like honor students, you know, and then there was me. I'm the youngest. And I hated school and uh, all this other stuff. So my mother sort of experimented with me a little bit in terms of what the heck she was going to do with me. And the first thing she did was get me into ballet when I was seven, but I didn't like it because ballet is very regimented and structured and frankly, boring. We know, yeah, mm -hmm. point your toe, don't point your toe, point your toe. It's like, <laughs> oh. And then she got me into art, painting. And then she um, eventually, I did, I, and then I did gymnastics. And um, I had this body that was perfect for sort of ballet and gymnastics. Eventually, we she found this um, dance school that taught this this teacher who taught jazz, and um, she kind of tricked me into going to a class because I was like, I don't want to do dance. I did ballet and I hated it. I got into this <laughs> jazz class and everything fell into place. It was I found my zone, you know, and okay. um, so I ended up dancing for years and I was in a company I'm from Canada originally I was in a dance company we traveled all over the world um, when I graduated from high school I decided to continue with that and I went to London England and um, took class at a, a performing arts school called the London Studio Center which not only did dance but theater you know acting and singing and and all sorts of different kinds of performing arts. And um, so I got a really great foundation there in terms of acting. And then while I was in London, I went to a dance audition for a rock musical, just sort of by chance, um, nothing planned, wasn't prepared. And I was, it was a, it was this huge cattle call audition with probably 200 dancers. And I'm just kind of like bopping away, trying to figure everything out. And the director saw me and pulled me out and uh, auditioned me for the lead role. And I ended up getting it. So I ended up doing this movie 
um, overseas. We shot it mostly in Germany. Um, and that introduced me to acting. And from there, I just decided, well, I'll see what happens with this. And I ended up moving to Los Angeles and just things started to happen. I ended up on my first major role, I guess, was Days of Our Lives um, yeah. on the soap opera. And then very quickly, The Last Starfighter happened. Then right after that, Night of the Comet, right after that, Mischief. And then I did a bunch of other junk. And soon after that, uh, we hit at Bernie's. So it wasn't really something I sat down and made a decision to do. It, it came to me. Yeah, I think that's how it works in your industry. Like, can, I mean, there's probably sure. a small percentage, you know, that are, you know, I was talking to D.B. Sweeney recently oh, and yeah. he, yeah, he's been on the show a few times. Nice. So much fun. But uh, yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> and we were talking about how kind of he got his start very similarly, mm -hmm. you know, like the, especially when the pandemic hit, like the percentage of people who are come to L.A. regularly uh, to become an actor, uh, to Hollywood, you know, so to speak, versus the ones that actually can stay and make it. And the percentages he was telling me were very, very low. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's a lot of no's, but I think for yourself and a lot of others, it just kind of comes to you. Uh, yeah. And again, you just had this, I mean, everything you've done has been great, but that period of time mm -hmm. where you just were hammering out all of those hits, um, I don't think, you know, that's, is that, that's not common for somebody, is it? To like really just be able to pick up and just, because everything that you did, all those movies, <laughs> Mischief is another one. Yeah. Uh, Weekend <laughs> at Bernie's, The Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet, like all of those just kind of came right after the other. They did. They happened very quickly for me. So I, I just, and, and honestly, it's, it's true. It's so much luck involved. But, you know, yeah. when the opportunities come around, you have to be prepared for them. And I, you know, last start, it, it, and also work begets work. If you get a job, yeah. you know, you, your your name starts being, you know, passed around Circling in Hollywood, around. Yeah. right? I mean, I remember one time, um, I think it was Kelly Maroney who was in Night of the Comet with me. Uh, she played my sister. She said to me, I got this audition today, and it said, Catherine Mary Stewart type. <laughs> I was going to ask you that question because that that seems probably like people were looking for that because of your success, right? I mean, I I I know that was like the biggest compliment ever, and you know we sort of joked. We thought, what if I go in an audition and I don't get it? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of that happening before. Like they're looking for like a Paige Davis type, you know, trading spaces, and then like they go and audition and they don't get it. They're like, wait a second. I'm like the one that you're like putting on the casting call sheet for auditions. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I did have a similar experience in a commercial audition once. I, um, I did this, uh, I did a commercial as a dancer. I was dressed okay. as a ballet dancer and stuff like that. Then a few years later, I had this other audition. Uh, it was just a commercial for, uh, to be a dancer and um, there, there literally was a picture of me um, from this commercial earlier on the breakdown. I mean, this is what we're looking for. And I went in and I did the little audition and I was not hired. <laughs> and I'm like, but, but that's me. 
That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, you're oh, like, well. hello, wait a second here. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, uh, you're looking at the original yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, didn't you know? I'm like, I was in Weekend at Bernie's. I was in. It's inexplicable. Uh, Mr. I don't. I have no explanation for it whatsoever. Uh, but well, that's just the crazy business. Yeah. Yes. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Well, I want to ask you about Weekend at Bernie's because mm-hmm. I've read a lot of different things and a lot of stories about this movie. Uh, because from what I understand, just the idea of pitching this, mm-hmm. um, when you when I read the description out loud and think to myself, how insane of a story is this mm-hmm. where uh, basically they're carting around a dead person for the entirety of a weekend. And then I think there was a sequel, right? Like a couple. There was, there uh, there was one, I think. Jonathan Silver, I believe. Silverman. Uh, Jonathan Silverman. Silverman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How does this movie get made? Because (laughs) it's just, I love the film. It's hilarious. And honestly, I'm surprised it's not one that they haven't tried to reboot or retell or remake at some point, because the story is just so crazy. Like when you get offered this role, you've come off these other hits. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you thinking? You're like, Oh, this is definitely something I want to do. Or what the hell are they trying to? Cause that was a very different time for movie making by the way too, you know, just so people know. Very, very different time. Well, I mean, when I read the script and saw who was involved, I mean, Andrew McCarthy, um, Ted Kotcheff was the director who was, he'd done tons of stuff and Jonathan Silverman. And I hadn't really done a comedy on that level. I mean, this is a real sort of a slapstick, I guess. I don't know what you would call it. Um, And also, I think at the time, it was just kind of a unique uh, comedy. Um, Yeah, never has there ever been anything else like it. Well, I mean, I think they've tried to do some, you know, it's sort of along the lines, in a way, of Animal House, you know, that sort of crazy sophomoric boy humor <laughs> you know what i mean yes. um but uh maybe a little more uh, maybe a little more sophisticated there was certainly more money involved uh, terry kaiser another incredible actor um i was really interested in it because of the people involved and okay. just the genre i hadn't really done anything like that so um i but i have to say when i first read the script this whole concept, the part that really bothered me about it was the whole scene where they're dragging a dead body behind a motorboat and it's banging into buoys (laughs) as it goes by, which everybody laughs at, like you, hysterically. But the idea of it's quite disturbing. I I was totally disturbed (laughs) by it, but then I just... I just didn't get it. You know, I just didn't get it at that point. Um, But having said that, we had so much fun. I I thought it was a terrific movie. It really um, kind of created its own genre. Um, And it was romantic, too. I mean, I loved my character. It was so much much fun working with Jonathan. you know, that scene where uh, we're in the lighthouse, you know, he sort of follows yeah. me down the beach or whatever. We walk to this lighthouse, and the, the light hits his eyes and he gets blinded and falls down the stairs. I mean, it, it was so much. It was funny to shoot as well. The comedy was it was like hilarious. 
So it was hard to kind of not laugh. I'm sure we had to do lots of takes where we weren't laughing. But that particular scene, he kind of, ad- Jonathan kind of ad-libbed as he, we were walking down the stairs, you know, and he was kind of limping. So I got to laugh. I didn't have to hold it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just again, within that 10-year period of all those, I mean, again, everything you've done has been great. But just that period of time, of course, you know, just kind of looking at things and just, I mean, I'll just say it. They don't really make movies like that anymore. I mean, they make good movies. And of course, Ask Me to Dance is great, obviously. But just that kind of humor and comedy um, is really just, you You know, it's different. You don't. Yeah. But thank God for streaming uh, Mm -hmm. and the ability to uh, watch these things. One last question. Let's talk about The Last Starfighter. I'm sure you probably talk about this a lot, but this was such a great film uh, and uh, just so different for its time. Any mm-hmm. memories or stories from that film that you can remember or think of that just really stand out to you and go, man, this was just a really special film? Because, again, I'm surprised it's one that they have not tried to reattack uh, and to do again, but I, I imagine you probably just had a fantastic uh, time making that movie, I would hope. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think that comes across in the movie. I, the atmosphere on this set is so important and you, you can feel it, you know, on the screen. Um, yeah. I'm still really good friends with Lance guest who played Alex um, and uh, Nick Castle, the director and um, okay. even Craig Safan, the, the uh, composer who did that incredible music. Um, and speaking of uh, a remake, Jonathan Betchel, the original writer, has been working on a sequel. It won't be a remake. It'll be a sequel. Um, oh, great. Yeah. So just and and Lance and I are supposed to be in it. So. Wow. That's that, so cool. Yeah, that would be so cool. I mean, I, I have so many wonderful memories of that. You know, it was such a nice um, sort of relief from doing the soap opera. The soap operas are very hard to do, I find. A lot yeah. of dialogue. You shoot an hour I hear that a lot. one day. It's 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 a lot. And so working with these lovely, lovely people was like a little holiday for me. And I have nothing but good memories. And I'm so grateful because that was like the first feature I did in, in California, in LA. Um, yeah. So, and it was a, one of the best experiences I've had. Um, yeah, everybody. I mean, I, I met, I, I, I didn't actually work with Robert Preston, but um, I met him. We were doing some reshoots at the studio, uh, pickup shots, and um, he had just finished doing some and he was leaving when I was arriving. So I was introduced to him. And oh, I will never forget that moment because it was Robert Preston for Pete's sake. And he's exactly as you would think he was. And Lance, wow. Lance speaks a lot about working with him and how wonderful he was. You know, he was a man in his 70s. And, and Lance was this young kind of enthusiastic actor that just wanted to nail it. And he, so I guess he asked um, Robert Preston if he would rehearse over and over and over again. And, and Robert Preston was completely cool with him. He was completely chilled, a really great guy. Um, Dan O'Hurley, I had no idea what Dan O'Hurley actually looked like, you know, he was great. Um, Cause I never saw him without the makeup. So I actually, years later, I, I did some research on Dan O'Hurley and 
I mean, he was, of course, another iconic actor. He's done, had done so much work. Um, I loved him in Robinson Crusoe, for instance, which was like in the 40s. Um, so it, it was, it was, uh, it, it, and, and the, the other special thing about it was it was a real introduction to CGI, the whole special effects, which. Yeah, are I'd heard that. Everything in movies nowadays, but they were literally creating, they created CGI programs for the movie, which have since, you know, exploded. It was really the first movie that had done it to that degree, to that extent. Um, because even while we were, sh they were, they were creating the CGI while we were shooting and they weren't sure if they were going, going to be able to pull it off in time. And if not, then we just use traditional special effects, you know, models and things like that. But they managed to, I think, I remember at the 25th anniversary screening in Santa Monica, California, they had the whole technical uh, crew there and we did a big Q and A. And that's the first time I heard about what had gone on um, regarding the te technical side of the whole movie. And apparently they were, they wish they'd had more time. They feel like they could have refined some of the special effects much better, but, but it's, it's a milestone. It's a milestone that movie. Yeah. I mean, and it still holds up, you know, um, and it's interesting. I had heard stories about the fact that they were really punching above their weight class as far as like the effects and things like that. And sort of, again, like you mentioned the things that they use in films now, we're just getting started back then. I tell you, man, you, it's just so much great work. And just kind of thinking about these films and shows that you've been a part of uh, kind of inspires me a little bit to go back and rewatch a lot of them because, um, and of course, you know, Night of the Comet was another one that I think I got in trouble for watching that one uh, at one point. Um, uh, for obvious reasons, but it was a good, I mean, they're all just really good movies. Um, and of course this one asked me to dance. Um, I think everybody will really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I encourage everybody to, to be sure to watch it when you can, uh, because it's just such a great film from what I've seen just a little bit and what I've read. I think people are really excited about it. Just a, a really phenomenal cast. Yeah. Thank you for the trip down memory lane Aww, and just talking about you. some great moments. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Catherine. I appreciate your time. Oh, not a problem at all. Thank you. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.